What's going on, guys? This is the SGPN Fantasy Podcast brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is David Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. And again, this is the SGPN Fantasy Podcast. We just want to make sure we talk about our sponsors. First one is WinBet. Um, the SGPN Fantasy Podcast is is the is on the on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Uh, don't forget about Sleeper. It's our favorite platform. We're, we're brought to you by Sleeper. You play all your fantasy or most of your fantasy do your mock drafts on Sleeper. Now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com backslash SGP on your phone to join the SGP group. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com backslash SGP. And don't forget about I, IP Vanish. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN S, SGPN uses, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IP, IPV, IPVanish.com backslash SGP. That's IPVanish.com backslash SGP. And then don't forget about our Discord channel and make sure you get back um, the perfect place to interact and sweat the bets out with the SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. All right. Now I got to introduce our guest, Justin. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, my man, Dave. Thank you for having me on the show. That was a long pre-roll, man. You guys got a lot of sponsors there. Yeah, they got quite a bit. Actually, snuck one in on me, and uh, you know, definitely don't want to don't want to leave anybody out. And make sure you guys take advantage of that. Also, don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave us those reviews. Um, Justin and I were talking about before the show. You don't have to agree with everything we say. So if you have a disagreement, feel free. If you got questions on why, please let us know. Um, the reviews and likes and all that really help the show. The comments are just as good. We want to know what you guys are thinking, and we want to help you guys out. And uh, like I said, it's fantasy football. Not everyone's going to agree, and we are adults, and we can talk about it. Uh, so, Justin, what do you what do you got going on before we get into the the draft guide? Yeah, I've been rolling out a lot of content on TikTok. So if you don't follow the fantasy gods, that's one of the uh, partners that I'm with, and then also FanDuel too. So a lot of fantasy football content related right now. And with the fantasy guys, we actually just put out a free draft guide too, which I can actually share with you right now. But we put out a free draft guide that has a ton of content, if you don't mind me sharing. No, absolutely. I, I, I loved it. I saw it. That's why I invited you on the show, because I wanted to make sure that you know, our viewers and listeners were able to get, you know, able to see it. Um, it was really well done. A lot of stuff. And the, the best part is free. I mean, I can't believe you guys put that out. It's free, man. We, you know, last year we had a draft guide that has some of these similar things in it, cheat sheets and, and checklists, but this draft guide, you know, is 20 pages of data. And so from us, it was like, you know, we could charge $10, $8. We charged $8 last year. And, you know, we sold a couple copies, which is, it's nice. We sold about 10 to 20, somewhere in that range, but it wasn't, we didn't get it out to the masses. And so I thought, you know, why don't we just put this available for free? and see what kind of return on investment we can get. And so far, the feedback has been amazing. People have been really receptive to it, even helping us with like little minor typos. We're not copywriters by any means, but the entire draft guide has breakouts, sleepers, um, undervalued players, dynasty tips, positional chart rankings. Like there's a lot of information in, in this draft guide. And I think some for some reason, some of these are blank pages, but 
Uh, this might've been an older copy of it that I had, but yes, it's a very helpful uh, draft guide. It has cheat sheets by tiers, by positions, you name it. And then there, like you can print it out, take it to your draft. So we're doing a free version until August 1st, go ahead and get it. And then as things uh, change up, we'll probably change the format of it, make it a little bit more beefy. We've already been working behind the scenes on a lot of things, player profiles to really enhance it. So we've had over 700 people download it so far. It's been amazing. 700. Wow. Um, so it, you answered the why, like, you know, what is it and why should I get it? How do I get it? Yeah. So the easiest way to get it is either go to my personal Twitter account. You see Justin Henry with the three instead of the E it's right there on my pin messages, or you can go to our TikTok page, which has a ton of other videos on it too. It's not just us dancing. It's actually providing valuable content in the TikTok format, which it's, it's kind of rare to see people that can do both. And then it's in our bio. So it'll be like a link to our discord. There's a download link there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of content out there and, yes. you know, sometimes you're, you're having to look at seven or eight different articles just to, to get your stuff ready. And there's all, there's all, you know, the TikTok will have parodies of that guy that shows up to your draft with, a, you know, a accordion folder of all of his stuff, but <laughs> you put it all together. It's yes. awesome. And I definitely look forward to the TikToks. I, uh, I do some TikToks myself. Not a lot of dancing, a lot of, you know, a lot of different things like that. A lot of stuff with my kids and, uh, of course, some um, some fancy football stuff. So really, you know, there's there's not a lot of news to talk about right now. We're, we're going to get straight into it. Um, let's let's just go straight into the breakouts. We'll, we'll talk about some other stuff in a little bit. Can you talk about just give me one one quarterback breakout? Because we're going to talk about quarterback specifically today. One quarterback breakout you're, you're, you're excited about. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will probably think it's a homer pick. If they're looking in the background, you see some Niner stuff. But Trey Lance, to me, has all the things that you want to see in a breakout quarterback. He's going to a winning team in a situation where they utilize the, the quarterback. They have great receiving weapons available. They have a strong run game, offensive minded head coach. And the kid has talent. They're invested in him. He was the first round pick, third pick overall. And the team traded up a lot of first rounders to go get him. So, when I look at Trey Lance, I look at the upside. Yes, there's inherited risk. You know that with any quarterback that's young that hasn't had a chance to start many games. But he's going right now as the QB 13 in redraft. And to me, there's just so much upside when it comes to Trey Lance. When we look at Jalen Hurts, we look at what Josh Allen did a couple of years ago, Patrick Mahomes. Teams are putting their quarterbacks into much better situations than they have in the past. And with Kyle Shanahan, the way that the offense is being built, you got all pro receiver in Debo Samuel, all pro tight end in George Kittle, first round pick in Brandon Ayuk, plus a very strong run game. Offensive line is good. I don't see a reason why Trey Lance doesn't enter the top 10 quarterbacks this season and potentially even higher. Yeah. So, uh, and speaking of TikTok, uh, Brandon Ayuk put out a TikTok and said uh, after three throws, uh, Trey Lance arm was fatigued. Um, you know, he had to, had to pack it in for the day. Um, just, you know, kind of making some jokes about some of the rumors and things about arm fatigue or things like that. Um, kind of the, the biggest the biggest thing that would be in the way of a Trey Lance breakout is Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. Uh, I know some people talk about Seattle. I don't think Seattle is a likely destination because they are uh, divisional rivals. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo happened to have surgery, which made it to where they couldn't move him when all these quarterbacks were being moved. Then they missed the June 1st. You know, they would have saved $24.5 million if they got rid of 
Jimmy Garoppolo just straight out cut him before June 1st. What, what's up with Jimmy? You know, as a Niner fan, Jimmy, Jimmy's a good quarterback. And I think that this team just realizes that there's limitations when you have a guy like Jimmy G in there. He, I mean, he was on the path to going to the Super Bowl until fourth quarter collapse in, uh, in the NFC Championship. So, to me, it's, Jimmy's going to go to another team. Uh, he has one year left on his deal. Obviously, it's like 20-something million dollars. And I think this team is either going to have to cut him or trade him to the Seattle Seahawks, who are really the only team that could use his services. Maybe Houston Texans. I don't really even see that. So, I think Jimmy G for sure is gone. The team has been practicing with Trey Lance. The players are talking about Trey Lance. We've seen Brandon Ayuk posting video. We've seen George Kittle talking about him in podcasts. So the team has shifted to Trey Lance. You've heard all the rumors all offseason. His shoulders fatigued. He's not getting the playbook. He's struggling in camp. There's a lot of naysayers, which I actually think has helped. Anybody who's trying to draft Trey Lance, it's actually helped his ADP, having Jimmy still on the team, having a lot of these still kind of clouds around his name. I think Trey Lance ducks off the offseason noise. Jimmy G finds a new home before minicamp because minicamp is about to start. I think they find a new home for Jimmy G before minicamp and this thing all goes away. Trey Lance comes into the season as a starter. He's been doing all the work in the off season. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are backing you up on that. Um, Hitman, um, Mike Wright from the fancy footballers, the running joke in all mock drafts is when is he going to draft Trey Lance? And, um, <laughs> you know, I had Michael F. Florio uh, on the show and he was talking about Trey Lance. And I put out a breakout quarterback article, and my number one quarterback was Trey Lance. And oh, you know, it's not just about the rushing upside. You know, people want to use the rushing upside to talk about high floors and high upside and all this stuff. But this is a Kyle Shanahan system. Kyle Shanahan's an X factor. Um, he's been successful everywhere he's gone with different types of quarterbacks. He's a, a very good coach. He's a, a indisposable play caller. And when you look at it. You know, you look at these, you know, we'll say younger quarterbacks. Uh, you look at the top 12 quarterbacks last year. You know, um, Ryan Tannehill sneaked into the top 12. He didn't have to throw 30 touchdowns. Right. Jalen Hurts right. did not have to throw 30 touchdowns. Kyler Murray did not have to throw 30 touchdowns. Um, it, it seemed like every, everyone that was in the top 12 roundabout had about 4,000 total yards. And you had guys like Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins that did it primarily through the air. But you look at Jalen Hurts, 3,144 3, passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns, 784 yards rushing, and the big 10 rushing touchdowns. The 10 rushing touchdowns, that might be hard for Trey Lance to, to compete with. But what about Kyler Murray's line? He was QB9, 3,787 yards passing, similar to what Jimmy G has been able to do. 24 yep. passing touchdowns, 423 yards rushing, and five rushing touchdowns. Very achievable. QB 12, Ryan Tannehill, 3,734 yards passing, 21 touchdowns through the air, 270 yards rushing. Not a lot of rushing, but he had seven rushing touchdowns. So, yeah. again, yeah. the combination is there. And, um, you know, with Kyle Shanahan, this, this offense is going to be efficient, and yes. Trey Lance is going to be the beneficiary. Very much so. And we look at, you know, you mentioned the passing uh, potentially being an issue for a lot of younger, uh, more mobile quarterbacks. We saw Trey Lance have a game against the Houston Texans at the end of the year, over 200 yards, over 250 yards passing. And he had over 30 yards rushing in every single game he started last year. So a floor of 30 yards every rushing game, that's going to put him at a, almost a floor of 500 yards rushing last year. And you mentioned Kyler Murray at 490 something, and he was still the number nine quarterback. 
we also talked about the touchdowns. You said 10 touchdowns for, I want to say it was Josh Allen. We saw in the early part of the season before Trey Lance got hurt, we saw red zone usage of Trey Lance very often with Kyle Shanahan. I want to say he had two rushing touchdowns. And that's going to be a big factor. This team has actually struggled to run the ball in the red zone with Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, just a lot of smaller backs. They drafted Tyreon Davis-Price, but Trey Lance is the goal line back right now, and it could be a Josh Allen-type situation I see in San Francisco. So if he got eight to ten touchdowns, it would not surprise me at all. Yeah, and before we move on, I'll throw in a couple um, possible Jimmy G locations. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have been talked about. The New York Giants have been talked about. Houston and Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay has kind of put that to bed, um, <laughs> but uh, Tampa Bay is still out there. So I, I see one of your guys is, is on, another one of your guys is on my, uh, happens to be on my breakouts, but I'm going to talk about my number two guy, and that is Derek Carr. Um, so I know Derek Carr, you know, he did, he did have a break breakout at one point, but it's been a long time since, since Derek Carr has been a, a really fantasy vile quarterback in QB one formats. In Superflex, he's kind of that safe QB2. You get him. You're not super excited about it, but, you know, you get that vanilla ice cream and he doesn't lose you the week. I think he could win you some weeks. Um, he's got he, – he definitely has, in the terms of Joe Burrow, some sneaky rushing ability, um, but he's got weapons. He's got an upgrade at play caller. Um, they got some improvements on the offensive line. I just – I like what they got going on over there. And the price is right. You're not having to pay a whole bunch for Derek Carr because, like I said, he's kind of the vanilla ice cream. People aren't super excited about him. So you're looking at a QB 16 in Superflex Dynasty. He's not super old. He's got you know he got great upside with his boy Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. They got you know solid solid running backs there. And I'm just really I think it's underestimated the Josh McDaniels effect. What are your, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr? I think you're spot on. And his value to me right now, his ADP is a QB 16 because we're expecting Derek Carr to just be the regular Derek Carr. And it's not going to be that, that case. This is the best receiver he's ever played with in Devontae Adams. Still has his reliable target in Hunter Renfro, who he made a top 15 wide receiver last year. Darren Waller is there, who was being peppered with targets. So the weapons are there for an offensive mind in Josh McDaniels, which to me seems like a perfect pairing for Derek Carr. I think the only... The only concern you have is, does he carry the same upside as some of the other quarterbacks that you have to take before him, right? So you're looking at even, you know, Trey Lance, or you're looking at Kyler Murray, you're looking at Dak Prescott even. It's like, does Derek Carr carry that same upside? And I think that's probably baked into his ADP right now. But to me, if the touchdowns stick, we could be looking at a very sneaky season from Derek Carr. I actually agree with you on that pick. Yeah, and you know one thing it's it's difficult with quarterbacks is some leagues are four point scoring, some leagues are six point scoring for passing touchdowns. Then you have your whole Scott Fishbowl, other variant types of things. <laughs> I'm not talking about all that stuff, but yeah. you know when you look at you know just four, we'll, we'll keep the turnovers and the completion percentage out of it. Four point touchdown versus six point touchdown. That's a big difference for someone like Derek Carr who doesn't make his hay on the ground, but he's going to be able to get an extra two points for those touchdowns, which, you know, 10 extra touchdowns, that's, you know, that's 20 extra points. 
Yeah, that's a lot. And I think with Derek Carr, he doesn't also carry some of the same upside as like an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, guys that really limit their interceptions. And you mentioned the four-point touchdowns versus the minus two for interceptions, which is the standard for most fantasy football leagues. That will hurt him a lot if you can't keep the INTs down. But if somehow those numbers, those touchdowns were to get to the 35-40 range somehow, and those interceptions were to stay under 15, we're looking at a potential top eight season from Derek Carr. Yeah, and that division is going to be absolute fireworks. So uh, let's let's go with another one. Who, who else you got for us? Yeah, this other quarterback that I like uh, as a breakout player, kind of struggled during his rookie year. Trevor Lawrence, to me, for the Jags, has tremendous potential this year. Doug Peterson is going to be the coach there now. And we saw what he was able to do in Philly. They're surrounding him with weapons. Yeah, I know Christian Kirk got the $20 million deal. It caught, caught everybody off guard. But bringing in Evan Ingram – Looking at Travis Etienne get healthy, to me, this seems like the setup for a really good season for Trevor Lawrence, who obviously has the number one pick. There's talent there. It doesn't just go away. So the Urban Meyer experiment didn't really work, but now he's surrounded with weapons, has a little bit better of a cast, and he had a, a stretch last year, six games, I want to say we only threw one touchdown. I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to repeat that effort. Like, those are two touchdown games. He could be adding another 10 touchdowns to that season already. So to me... I like the setup for Trevor Lawrence right now. He has the mobility that you like to see, strong arm. They've surrounded him with a little bit better talent, a little bit better leadership there in the organization. So give me Trevor Lawrence as an upside pick. He's going in the back end of the top 20 right now, around the 18, 20 pick. So you can get him for fairly cheap. And I think he does have a lot more upside than people think. Yeah, the the only thing I'll disagree with is that there was a little bit of an upgrade with the leadership. Um, It was a lot of an upgrade with that leadership. Um, (laughs) Trevor Lawrence is coming in at QB 13 in your, your dynasty, um, which is, you know, obviously lower than, than where it was last year. It's still, you got, you're still going to pay up, you know, and Doug Peterson, he's been known um, to be, you know, a a player's coach. Um, He's been, you know, has a good relationship with his players. I love, you know, the Philly Philly. Uh, I love that just interaction, um, seeing how much he, he, he trusts the players. And um, he wrote a book about being aggressive um, and kind of called out Doug Marone, ironically, with the Jaguars about being not being aggressive enough against the Steelers in that playoff run. Um, Doug Peterson is an X factor. I, I can't disagree because I put also put Trevor Lawrence on my list. And uh, you know, you could probably almost put all of the 2021 class on this yeah. you know, potential breakout list. Um, but Trevor Lawrence undoubtedly has the talent. And now with the the right, you know, the right coaching. Um, without the toxic stuff going on in the locker room, he can build. The offensive line isn't great. Um, they, you know, they decided to go with a defensive player and not go with an offensive tackle in the first round of the draft. Um, last year, they got Walker Little out of Stanford. Um, sounds sounds like they like him. Um, and they have Taiwan Taylor, who's on the last year of his deal, potentially could be their right tackle, one of those two guys. And then they locked up Cam Robinson for, you know, for a while. So. PFF doesn't love those guys. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're the, you know, top, you know, top half of the league when it comes down to offensive line, but you can't, you know, addition by subtraction by getting rid of uh, Urban Meyer and all the stuff that he brought with him. And then you bring in a a guy like Zay Jones, who's been, you know, having a career arc is going, is going up. Evan Ingram, very talented playmaker, Travis Etienne coming back. You know, hopefully James Robinson can come back. We're not sure, you know, with the, he'll be ready week one. They got a new week, four-week IR coming out th- this year. So I don't know if he'll be on the four, the six, the pup, or what he'll be on. 
Um, but then Marvin Jones, and he's a proven yeah. leader. I was doing some some work on receivers. Marvin Jones is the only 30-plus receiver to have 800 yards in the last two seasons. There was only two each. One was Aaron, it was uh, Marvin Jones and A.J. Green last year. And the year before was Marvin Jones. And I can't even think of the other guy because <laughs> count. But it was it was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't someone you're starting every week. Um, it just doesn't happen often with these 30 plus guys. But Marvin Jones consistently doing it, and he's just a, a great leader in the locker room. Um, so I just I like all that. I want to see Lavisca do something. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, like I said, they they got some pieces in Christian Kirk. I know people want to laugh and scoff at the the money. At the end of the day, it was more like 16 million, not 20 million. And uh, you know, he's he should be a, a good you know good slot weapon for them. I'm going to take a quick break from the action. Talk about win uh, again, win bets. Make sure you get down on wins bet 50 to win 200 promotion. All you got to do is bet $50 and they can be $200 in free bets where uh, the bet qualifies. Um, if you're, if you're betting on baseball, don't forget about their reduced juice in baseball games. Um, and also for fantasy football, you're, it's not too late to join the ultimate fantasy football experience contest. You bet $500 plus on sports or casino before July 31st. You get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club. This includes a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. So if you you, know, you and your buddies bet, you, one user bets $1,000, you, um, you, you get two entries. Um, there's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions apply. Um, go to winbet.com for more information. Um, must be 21 or older and present in a state where win play through win bet is available. If you or someone, you know, has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. So I'll talk about another guy off of my list. So the next guy on my list happens to be Justin Fields, and he is a polarizing player. When it comes down to Justin Fields, everybody, you know, was not everybody, but there's a lot of people that were pretty surprised when he was falling on draft day. And when teams that needed quarterback, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, other people passed on him, a lot of concerns. Then some things came out about, you know, some migraines and some processing issues. And of course, all this, you know, all this stuff. But then there's Matt Nagy. And, you know, the Matt Nagy stink is something that people were willing to kind of bypass all those issues that Justin Fields had because of Matt Nagy. So we go to the draft. We're expecting, you know, they're going to build around their guy just like everyone else is doing. And they didn't. Um, they got Velas Jones in, I think, the third round. on um, His day two pick um, was kind of an off-the-radar kind of receiver. Not saying anything bad about Velas Jones, but as far as, you know, Daniel Jeremiah's best available list, you would have had to scroll down quite a bit to find Velas Jones where they – they picked him, passing up on players that were a lot more well-known. And they used a fifth-round pick on the offensive line that needed about five new players. Um, so with Justin Fields, you know, it's kind of the same conversation we're having with Trey Lance. Um, he's, he's, he's got a good arm. He's got the mobility. Um, but we'll see about He does not have Kyle Shanahan. He does not have the San Francisco offensive line or the weapons. Um, so the player... I think is, you know, you know, he's got the tools, but is the environment going to be good enough for him? I have him as a breakout candidate. I'm not saying he's going to break out. 
Yeah, it's tough. And I don't see the same thing that everybody else tends to see in Justin Fields. I actually disagree with you on his breakout candidacy and legitimacy while he's in Chicago. It's been a very long time since we've seen a fantasy-relevant quarterback in Chicago. Now, a lot of people don't uh, factor in the fact that it's a windy city. So even during your fantasy playoffs, sometimes you're playing in those conditions where it's really windy out there and it affects quarterback play. So um, I know he has the legs to support that, but there's also not the supporting cast, as you mentioned, with Darnell Mooney, who's probably better, better suited as a high-end wide receiver, too, than he is as a wide receiver one coming in as your number one option. It's going to be a tough road for, for Justin Fields this season, even with Cole Komet kind of taking the next leap potentially uh, and Vilas Jones being there as well. They also traded for Nikhil Harry. So it looks like they're trying to make shift like an offense, but this year, especially I'm out on Justin Fields. I just don't really see the potential uh, to come into that QB one conversation. We're talking about guys like Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence. He just doesn't carry that same upside to me um, at the value. So I'm, I am particularly out on, Justin Fields, what do you think about people who have kind of my viewpoint that maybe he's a little bit overrated because of the name? No, and I don't necessarily completely, you know, think he's going to break out. He's a breakout candidate. Um, but as far as the price right now, I'm not willing to pay that price. He's QB 14. You can get Trevor Lawrence, QB 13, just a little bit more expensive. Derek Carr, QB 16. Yeah. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk about in a little bit, QB 17. So, um, you know, with, with Justin Fields, I agree. There's a lot like next year, you, you know, I talked about this on, on the potathon on Saturday, there's a world where the bears, you know, are on the top five next year in the draft. They're sitting there and they got, you know, you got, you know, Van Dyke young, you got, you know, a lot of, a lot of good quarterbacks in this class. Stroud's probably gonna be long gone if they're in the top five, not the number one. Do they go and get him, you know, they hook him up with his, his uh, Ohio State teammate and, and get him a, a big body receiver. Do they go and, and get, uh, you know, a top end receiver or do they replace him? And, and this is, you know, very similar to Jalen Hurts conversation last year. And we don't see the Bears going to playoffs. So, um, no, I'm, I'm not completely, you know, um, in agreement. I, it just for me, it's all about player cost. And so I'm yeah. not going, going out and getting a whole bunch of Justin Fields. If I have him, I'm going to hold. Because um, at the end of the day, um, you know, people aren't going to be willing to pay because of the same concerns that you had. Um, but the rushing upside is intriguing. And when it comes down to it, there's legitimate chance that he could have a Jalen Hurts type of a season with, you know, 3000 yards on, um, you know, in the air and, you know, Jalen Hurts, look at his weapons last year. He had Devonta Smith, who is better than Darnell Mooney. True. But who's his second Jalen Rager. I mean, Byron Pringle and Jalen Rager might, I mean, might give it to Pringle um, or Vilas Jones. And then Dallas Goddard is, you know, more explosive and better. Um, and then the, obviously, the, obviously the big things, the offensive line. But the point is Justin Fields has the, the breakout potential um, because of what he can do on the ground. And, you know, we all think that it is addition by subtraction with Nagy out of town. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I want to put it there. He's got a great first name when it says Justin, you know, I, I <laughs> resonate really well with that, but you know, I, I just look at the upside and I can see what, you know, I can see the potential there in dynasty. What I'd be doing right now is probably looking to sell, just knowing what's coming up this season and then next year being very aggressive because even if he goes to a new team, say they do draft his replacement, even if he goes to a new team, he'd probably be traded. I think his value skyrockets if he goes to a new team. 
So you'd probably be getting him at his absolute low at the end of the year. If you have him, hold or potentially sell for somebody who values him. If not, just be on the lookout. If you don't have him, next year might be the year to buy. All right. So who do you, who else do you got? Another one that, you know, a lot of people are not high on, Jameis Winston, even in Dynasty. You know, Jameis is still relatively young. He's still got the pedigree. He's been in that off. Now he's been with the team, not the offense. He's been with the Saints now for a, for a year, two years now. He had a chance to sit. He's had a chance to play. Now coming off of a major injury, there's a lot of concerns with Jameis. And the first thought when people think about Jameis is obviously the 30 for 30 season. But what we saw last year with Jameis was an older, mature Jameis who made smarter decisions. He threw for 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, and three only three picks last year in his six games that he played before he got hurt. Like, that's a really good pro- progression from a player who was thrown for 5,000 but also throwing for 30 interceptions. So when we look at Jameis, when I look at the weapons around him, now Michael Thomas should be back. And this is last year with no Michael Thomas. Um, and they also added first-round pick Chris Olave, right? And they added Jarvis Landry via free agency. This team is now giving Jameis some really good weapons. And a player who, he's coming off of an injury, but he's still going to be ready to play week one. In Dynasty, to me, he's only going to get better. Like, you're probably getting him at his lowest value right now. If he goes and produces a 4,500-yard season with 30 to 25 touchdowns, his value is going to skyrocket. And to me, you're getting him. I'm not sure where he's priced at uh, dynasty-wise right now, but I know it's in the back-end QB2 conversation. To me, Jameis is a higher-end QB2 going at a very low price tag right now. I think this is the time. If you don't have Jameis, it's a go- good time to go get him. Now, I love that call. Um, you know, with Jameis Winston, it, it, of course, all the jokes and everything. And he's a funny dude. Um, him yeah. going through the, uh, you know, the tackling dummies was was hilarious. But – um, yeah, like this, this is a team that traded up. They were aggressive. This is not like the Seattle Seahawks where another reason I don't think they're interested in Jimmy G is I don't think they're interested in winning many games. Um, the saints are winning and, and they will, they, they are definitely attempting to win and they are, they traded up to get a lave. They got a left tackle and a receiver. Like we knew what their shopping list was and they went and got it. And so, you know, th- then they kept Jameis. They moved Taysom Hill to tight end. That, that you know, that is done with. You know, Simeon's going to be the backup. And they gave him a great, great weapon. Chris Olave, if you look at Matt uh, Harmon's reception perception, it's all green. <laughs> Green's good. Um, so Olave, Olave is a great receiver. And uh, I really hope Michael Thomas comes back to form. And, you know, they have, you know, you know, they got these, they got a good offensive line, good defense, things to help protect Jameis. You know, I know Tom Brady came in and turned that thing around, but Tampa Bay's defense was not as good before Todd Bowles. And when Jameis was having to do that, a lot of those times, Jameis was just trying to come back. They were down. And so the Saints, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what they can do in that division, Atlanta and Carolina. They should, they should be able to beat up on both those guys. Yeah, it should be the division outside of Tampa, it's a fairly easy division. And the, the Saints defense is really good. So you mentioned like having to make a lot of hero chucks and those those last minute drives where we're seeing Jameis throw the ball away. Like those aren't the same situations he's going to be in. Balanced run game with Alvin Kamara. Like there's a lot of offensive weapons, but the defense is probably going to be a top five defense in the league this year. Like there's a lot of potential with Jameis and the Saints team not just this season, but for the next three to five years. So when I look at this, 
and I'm looking in a dynasty aspect, Jameis's price right now, he's he's not he's way too cheap for where he for what he's valued right now. So give me Jameis in a bounce back year, man. I really, I really think that this is a good a good framework for Jameis's skill set. Yeah, and I put him in kind of the same thing as the Derek Carr um kind of a standpoint. He's you know, he's he's done it before, but it's not yep. not been for a few years. Um, so Zach Wilson has been in the news. Um, Zach Wilson, um, Zach Wilson has seen an increase in his MVP votes over the last two weeks. Um, he's, he's winning the off season. Um, so his ex-girlfriend tried to throw a shot at him and now, I mean, people are just, you know, voting for him to be MVP. Um, the, the word they're using around jets camp is legend. Um, so, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the, the Jets did what we wish the Chicago Bears did. And I know the Chicago Bears, because they traded up to get Justin Fields, didn't really have as much draft capital. But, you know, they still they use a second, you know, second round pick on a corner. They didn't go and, you know, get, you know, a George Pickens or a Sky Moore or something like that, that, you know, we all at fantasy were like, um, yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Jets did. They got most people's number one receiver. They got everyone's number one running back. Mm-hmm. Last year, they got Elijah Moore. They got interior linemen last year in free agency and in the draft. And then they got your boy, Lakin Tomlinson, over there as a guard. They got um, Connor McGovern at center. And, you know, you have George Fant as well as Mekhi Becton at tackle. Um, the defense still is improving. A lot of work needs to be done. Sala will try to get those boys together. Um, but Zach Wilson, you know, it wasn't a great rookie year. Um, and, and there's just, there's no excuses this year for him. He's got the setup around him. He's got Corey Davis. He's got Elijah Moore. He's got Garrett Wilson. They went and got like five different tight ends. Um, they got Michael Carter. They got improvements on the offensive line. I mean, everything on the offensive side of the ball, is screaming, you know, upward trajectory. And right. so it all depends on Zach Wilson. And, you know, right now, if I asked you Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore in redraft, what would you say? I'm probably going to give you a different answer than a lot of other people. I would say I actually like Garrett Wilson more at his ADP than I do Elijah Moore at his ADP because I think Garrett Wilson's going to show himself as the alpha receiver very soon in this offense. When it comes to Zach Wilson, though, I'm not sure about him this year. In Dynasty, the setup is amazing, though. I think they have put a lot of weapons around him. Another year with Brees Hall is going to be good. Another year in the offense will be good. I think he's going to need that third year in order to truly break out. This year, I'm not as excited. I still think there's a lot of youth there in their organization, even going and getting C.J. Ozoma, getting Tyler Conklin. There's still some some things they got to – that offense has to figure out just because it's, it's a lot of youth – a lot of young players, Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson, uh, Michael Carter you mentioned, Brees Hall. These are all young guys. I think next year, if you, if you are a dynasty owner, just hold out. This is a guy – you know, we talked about Justin Fields and holding out. This is a guy I think you just hold – you wait and see how it plays out this season. If he takes that next step, you got a superstar on your hands. If he doesn't take that next step, now I'd be questioning myself a little bit if I won't keep him or not. Yeah, and so I asked Michael uh, Florio the same question as far as, you know, Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson, and he gave me the, you know, A, B, no, C. I'm going to take Zach Wilson and then not try to figure out who it is. 
Um, he's, you know, he's got some faith in him more in a super flex standpoint, not looking at pointing at him as a QB one, but um, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, this, this offense um, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, you couldn't look for an offense that has been more improved. Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe other than the Denver Broncos by going from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson. Um, but minus a quarterback change, this was one of the most improved offenses. And I agree. I think Garrett Wilson hits the ground running. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, so uh, I got one more guy in the list. And I want to just ask your questions about this, because this is another polarizing player. So, you know, you post your dynasty rankings up. Everyone looks at the one or two things that they think is stupid and they'll let you know. <laughs> one of the things, you know, Coach Bruce puts him up there. And one of the first things that he that people want to point out is how can you guys have, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in, you know, your top 12 dynasty rankings when they have Tua as the quarterback? Yeah. And Tua is the deciding factor. And this is kind of a put up or shut up. He's had four, he's going on his fifth different offensive coordinator. And, you know, and, and where, where he's at, he had, they, they hired two offensive coordinators last year. I don't know why they did that. Didn't work out. They had Chan Gailey. So it's their fourth. He's going on his fourth. It's it's your, it's another one of your San Francisco guys coming out. Uh, yeah, Mike McDaniel. Uh, what are your thoughts about Tua? This is tough for me because everything points to like Tua having this monster breakout year. Like everything in me wants to be like, Tua, this is your time to shine. Like you got the offensive coordinator, the coach that you need with the right offense. You got great receivers. They went and traded for a top receiver in the game. But for some reason, I'm still not buying like that catapult, which is where if you're drafting Tua, you're kind of expecting that Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance type of upside that we're talking about. And I don't necessarily see it. I do see this Miami Dolphins team running the ball a lot more than they have in the past now that Mike McDaniel's the coach. And to me, there's a little bit of limitations there. I could see Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill both in the run game as well. So kind of that wide back Debo Samuel role. He's got two guys that can do it now. When it comes to arm limitations, we know that about Tua Tungavailoa. Like we just know his arm limitations. But with this, with these receivers' ability to get yards after the catch, to me, it's it really is polarizing because I could see Tua Tungavailoa top seven quarterback this year, but I could also see Tua Tungavailoa back in QB2 this year in the same breath. Like he's one of those players I don't really have my finger on right now, but at his ADP, I'm trying to look for more upside. I don't know. It's, he really is one guy that I just don't have a strong yes or no. I think he ha- he gives me like Jimmy Garoppolo vibes where he'll pass for 3,500 to 4,000 yards, get you about 20 to 25 touchdowns and not do more than that. Yeah. And I should have said this, you know, at the beginning of the show, but this one is for the super flexors. Uh, Cause if you're not playing super flex, you know, a lot of these guys are really your second quarterback. Um, but in super flex, these dudes matter. And yes. hitting the breakout and missing on the breakout could be, you know, that that could be your season right there because um, the second quarterback on your team is a vital position. Um, with Tua, he's QB 17 in Dynasty ADP. Justin Fields is QB 14. Who would you rather have? Tua all day. I'm taking Tua all day, QB 17. And it's for those same reasons. Like both of their upside is in cap, but I think Tua's floor is going to be a lot safer than Justin Fields on a week to week basis for your team. And even long-term upside, 
He's in a more stable offense right now. They're going to have to do a lot in Chicago to match whatever they have going on in Miami right now when it comes to offensive talent, to the coaching, all of it. There's a lot that and situation. To me, there's just a there's just a little bit more upside because if things do work for the Dolphins, Tua's a, we're talking about a different Tua. But if things work out in, in Chicago, there's still the limitations, I think, because of the, the talent around them. Yeah, they they got you know a stable of running backs over there. They got Gasicki. Um, they drafted a, a tight end from Boston College last year. Um, you know they they got a lot of pieces, and I, I'm I'm super excited to see what McDaniel does. Um, you know he has some of the best quotes, and you know all that stuff can be fun, and, and, and it can be great. You want to cheer for the guy. It doesn't mean it's going to actually translate. But like one thing he's doing right now, like why are you wearing a hoodie on the sideline? He's like, because my players are wearing pads and I want to know kind of how hot it is. So if I'm wearing a T-shirt, it's really hard for me to judge that. And so um, they asked him, you know, uh, you know, what, what are some of the keys to success? And he said, well, sometimes people make football really hard. And I just like to get the ball in the hands of good players. And that's what I'm going to try to do. And it's like, thank you. Like, let's just let's just do that. And that's not worry about, you know, all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll see if it pans out, but he's definitely someone that I'm cheering for. And he gets the uh, job done. You think he takes that? You think Tua is ready to take the next step? Like even as a super flex QB two, you want to have some upside there. Are you willing to say, you know what? I think Tua is good enough in a good enough situation that he can be my super flex QB two. No, uh, I, I, I would definitely, you know, if, if it fell that way, I would, take Tua over some other options, yeah. but he would not be my first option. Like we talked about with Derek Carr, I'd be all over trying to get Derek Carr. We talked about Trey Lance's ADP. He's, you know, kind of a high-end QB2 right now. Be all over that. Yeah. Uh, I would not be messing around. Um, you know, I would even go with, you know, your, your more sure bets, especially in your redraft formats, your sure bets. But in Dynasty, it does make it a little bit more difficult because you're trying to project upside, and it's nice to have that, you know, that youth. But again, I would, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I definitely would take over over to, uh, you know, there's just guys in that range that I would much, much rather have. I would, though, my concern in Dynasty with Tua, yes, he's young, 24 years old, 25, somewhere around that range. My concern with Tua is that if it doesn't work, it's the same thing Jimmy G. If he can't make the throws that this team needs to make, he will be replaced in another year or two. That's my biggest concern when it comes to Tua. Yeah, they're they're setting the situation up for you know for Tua, um, but they're also setting the situation up for somebody else. And you could say the same thing about Zach Wilson if he doesn't do it. Um, but Tua, the big concern is you know all the stuff last year. I know with Brian Flores and all that, but it seemed like ownership was ready to ship him out, whether yes. it was for Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady. Um, you know, he seems like he's kind of you know the consolation prize for them at this point. And, uh, you know, they're in a pretty competitive division. You know, Patriots are getting better. Bills are super good. Um, the Jets are getting better. We'll see. Um, you know, I, I kind of threw some some shade at Flores last last year. And, and really, it's not at Flores. It's just, you know, the people that want to point at his seven-game winning streak. And I was just like, they beat one team that was over 500 during that seven-game win streak. The combined record was like a 37% winning percentage. Those, those were bad teams. They beat the Jets twice. They beat the Giants. They beat the Texans. Like they beat really bad teams. And uh, I'm just, you know, they lost to really good teams. 
So, um, so we'll see. Um, before we get to the rookies, I just want to make sure that we shout out Sleeper one more time. It's the fastest growing platform today with millions of players. You probably already play, you know, fantasy football there. Do your mock drafts there. Um, I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. Now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing the new over-under uh, game. Super simple. You pick any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Pick the over-under, for example, number of points in basketball, number of hits in baseball, number of catches in football. Then you choose the amount of money, you enter the contest, you watch the game, and you you, know, you win. Um, you can pick correctly. You can win anywhere from two times, 20 times your money. Um, the main reason I'm excited about the over-under game on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest. Justin's got some great plays. I can just by a tap of the button, go, go into a group chat with him. It's insanely fun. We ride it out together, see who wins. I can copy his picks. Um, stop what you're doing and download the Sleeper now to play the over-under game. Have have fun with your friends and make some money. Um, on your mobile phone, join the listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com backslash SGP. Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join the squad. Get the 100%, 100% deposit match at sleeper.com backslash SGP. Let's talk about some rookies. This was not the most exciting rookie class. And, you know, we thought Justin Fields fell. All the quarterbacks fell in this class. And Kenny Pickett went pick 19? Was it pick 19? Yeah. Pick one? 20. Yep. So um, you 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 had didn't pick Pickett. You had two other quarterbacks. Let's let's talk about one of your rookie quarterbacks and what can you expect from a redraft standpoint and from a little bit of a dynasty outlook? Yeah, one of the quarterbacks that I really liked heading into the draft was Malik Willis. Obviously, there was some kind of free fall there. He was supposed to go in the first round. A lot of eyes were on that the entire draft. He fell to day two. And Tennessee Titans got him, which to me, you know, they had Tannehill. But it seemed like a really good setup for, for Malik Willis to do well. The team doesn't really need him right now. And we know he's very raw. So given that he's he is raw and that they have Tannehill, I wouldn't expect much from a redraft uh, perspective. If something were to happen to Tannehill, I think it would be kind of similar to Justin Fields' situation last year where he had some really good games and then he would have a lot more duds. But Malik Willis, to me, does carry the upside in Dynasty that you want. And I think his draft position actually hurt his Dynasty stock. Because he didn't go in the first round, you're getting a lot more value on him. Yes, you'll have to redshirt for a year, potentially even two with, with Tannehill's contract if Titans decide to keep him. But when you get that, Malik Willis is going to have the rushing upside that you're looking for, the strong arm that you're looking for. They drafted Traylon Burks. I'm assuming that at some point Derrick Derek Henry will either be phased out of that offense or they're going to move away from him in about two years anyway. So you're looking at a, a guy, they're going to need him to be a superstar level quarterback. Is he going to be a superstar in the league? Like in real football? I don't think so. But for your fantasy team, he carries that top 10 QB1 upside because of the rushing floor that you want to see. So if Traylon Burks, who obviously is going to be a good player, a good football player, if he develops the way that everybody expects, this team is going to run the football effectively no matter who's back there. Malik Willis will run the ball effectively, and I'm sure they'll get somebody to take those deep shots when Malik Willis does get this thing figured out, which I think he will in the next year or two. I'm all in on Malik Willis at his current cost especially. I think you're getting a tremendous value with Malik Willis because of the inherited draft balling, the the rawness of the prospect i like malik willis and just waiting on him especially especially if you have a win now team if you have a win now team somebody you can just wait for two years let him kind of sit in the wings you're not you're not rebuilding 
he's a great win now piece. So that way, when your guys leave, your Matt Ryan's, your Tom Brady's, or whoever your old guys are, they leave. Malik Willis be ready to come in and take over the reins. Now I love that, and yeah, the the, the cost is is you know a, a late second round pick in your superflex drafts. Yeah. Then your your one quarterback. I mean, he might not be drafted. It might be like a maybe a fourth round pick in your rookie drafts. So you know, with Malik Willis, you know, and if you got Ryan Tannehill, it is smart to go grab Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill's contract is definitely something that they can get out of next year, and we'll see. It's a stat class. You know, maybe they go and try to make a move for one of these other guys. No one's saying that it's guaranteed Malik Willis is going to be the starter next year or the year after, but if he is, you're gonna you're not paying a lot, and it, yep. you, you could really you could really cash in. Uh, I'll talk about Matt Corral, and so the Baker Mayfield trade, you know, obviously puts you know puts some you know lowers expectations if you had any for Matt Corral being the starting quarterback for this position. It's very unlikely that Matt Corral would be the the you know the starter over Sam Darnold. Right. Now it's even less likely with Baker Mayfield in town. And if Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral are all still there um, on week one, most likely it's going to be Baker Mayfield as a starter. We still don't know. But there's no way they're keeping Sam Darnold on the roster next year. Baker Mayfield's on a one-year deal. They did not do what they did with Sam Darnold and like automatically go and pick up his fifth-year option. No, they, he's on his fifth-year option. So when it comes down to Baker Mayfield next year, they're either going to franchise tag him. They're going to give him a contract or he's going to walk into free agency. Matt Corral could be right there. If Baker Mayfield goes somewhere else and he could be right in there. They, they did trade up for him. He's, you know, he's another one with some rawness to him. And, you know, he's a guy that he's got some flashes. You've seen some things in there with the athletic ability He's played in some big games in SEC competition, and he's played really well. Um, but he might really benefit out of this whole situation and not having to be thrown in there because Matt Rule, he's not going to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers next year. <laughs> I just, unless Baker Mayfield takes them into the playoffs, I don't see it happening. And we talked about it being a weak division. We talked about it being a weak division because of Carolina. Um, yeah. So I just – I don't see it. I, I think Baker Mayfield's a little bit of an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I think it'll be okay, um, but I think just no, don't touch Matt Corral and redraft. And he's so cheap and, and super flex, you can take a stab at him. Yeah, and you know what? You made some really good points about the contracts too. Like Sam Darnold, they're, they're going to move on from Sam Darnold. I think it could even happen as soon as this year if Baker yep. Mayfield's named the starter. But, you know, they got Baker Mayfield at such a cheap price. They're really only paying $5 million for him this season. They gave up, I want to say it was a six-round draft pick. I can't remember. This round conditional pick could be a fourth round if he plays X amount of snaps. Right. And so the draft capital was so low, if they want to get rid of him next year, there's no issue with Matt Corral stepping into the starting role next year. So I absolutely love that pick. My guy Dan from the Fantasy Guys absolutely loves Matt Corral. Had him as his QB1 this uh, out of the prospects this year. And to me, you know, it's, it's a, not a good situation, them going and getting Baker Mayfield. Uh, kind of capped where I think that he his value is. But it, it all just depends on what Carolina wants to do. If they want to start clean slate, they already have – they invested into Matt Corral by trading up to go in and get him. If they decide to turn the regime over, start start fresh with a few new pieces, I could see a path to starting for Matt Corral. I'm not personally in on him, but I like – I do see what people like about him. Yeah, and, and I, I will say this about – and it was a 2024 fifth-round pick, not even a 23 
Um, the Browns had no leverage with the whole, you know, Baker yeah. situation. Everybody kind of had a dance partner. And so it was, you know, it, w- it was kind of like the, the Matt Ryan situation. Matt Ryan went for a third round pick, even though Carson Wentz went for two third round picks and Sam Darnold went for two second round picks. And so like some of these things, it's hard to, to quantify. Uh, I, I do think, you know, with, with Baker Mayfield, again, this is a trial run. Um, and we got a new offensive coordinator with Ben McAdoo. We got Matt Rule, who I do think is, is you know, on his way out. Um, and so they had to be aggressive um, with going to get Baker Mayfield and not wanting to throw all, all these expectations on Corral. And again, I think it just benefits him. It benefits him to develop because he did need to develop. Um, fun fact about Matt Corral, he kind of got famous in the high school scene because he got into a fist fight with Wayne Gretzky's kid. And he oh. ended up getting expelled from his school. Yeah, I saw it on one of those pre-draft things. Um, and he was talking about rebuilding his character because, you know, he got smeared pretty good on that and having to change schools and stuff. But you wanted to talk about Desmond Ritter. Let's talk about him. Yes. So Desmond Ritter, I love the setup for him with Atlanta. I think them having Marcus Mariota, who is very similar talent-wise, when you're talking about like the leadership role and not really a big deep ball thrower, like that kind of reminds me of Desmond Ritter's game. And them going getting him in the third round lets me know that they're going to be invested in. In the same way we talk about Malik Willis, at some point he's going to see the field. Desmond Ritter is going to see the field at some point. And in redraft, he's somebody I keep my eye on. Not necessarily draft, even in super flex. I'm not drafting him. But Marcus Mariota has been very injury prone over his career. And so if we see Desmond Ritter go out there, they put pieces around uh, Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota that tailored their skill set. Kyle Pitts, Drake London are guys that don't need necessarily pinpoint accurate throws downfield. They can go get the ball even with tight coverage around them. So to me, this is a very, very good setup for Desmond Ritter. And I like him the most almost out of any quarterback outside of Kenny Pickett this year. I know that he was the second quarterback off the board, but his situation to me screams fantasy impact the minute he gets the starting role. Um, Dynasty, yeah, I'm not letting this guy go at all. I want to see what he looks like on the field with Drake London, who has massive potential in my opinion. Kyle Pitts is going to be an all-pro tight end at some point in his career. I love Desmond Ritter this year, and I feel like the natural progression from Marcus Mariota – to Ritter is going to be phenomenal for his development. Yeah. And you know, the, the concerns that I have are because the Atlanta Falcons are so bad that, you know, Ritter, Ritter probably is going to play this year. They don't have yeah. a buy until week 14. Um, they got a pretty brutal schedule. I had someone, yeah, I posted the schedule and said, what, when do you think Desmond Ritter is going to come in? They don't have buy week till week 14. And you know, someone put like, well, if they're, you know, if they're five and five and I'm like, have you seen the schedule? <laughs> I don't think they're going to be five and five. This is just, yeah. you know, it's a rough look. And granted, we didn't think the Bengals would do what they did. And there were some other teams that, you know, showed out. And hopefully, you know, Mariota plays well. I'd love to see, you know, a yeah. comeback from him. But expectations are not that they're going to be great. And so you're not going to have that natural transition. You know, if they have a bye week, week seven, week eight, it's kind of like, okay, you're, you're expecting the rookie to come in then. And he's also not a first-round pick. But if they're two and seven – it's week nine. They're not going to wait till the bye week. They want to see what they got in Ritter and, you know, see if they're going to pick a quarterback next year. Cause again, they're another team that could be picking in the top five in a expected, not, I won't say it is expected to be loaded quarterback class 2023. Yeah. And 
I see. I could see Mariota going until the bye week. Now I know you know for a lot of people this is not going to be. If you're looking at you know I know you're being a little nicer than I am going to be about the Falcons. They're not winning more than five games this year. I'm sorry, it's just not in the cards. And you know when you talk about Mariota, he's a very good quarterback, but this team only invested a two year deal in him. I could actually see Mariota going through the entire season and then redshirting Ritter. Maybe he comes in week 18 and plays a game or week 17, 18. But I can see Mariota going through a lot of this season because the one thing I think that is super important is the development of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Because now when Ritter takes over the offense, you don't want those guys all learning together on the fly. You want those guys more established. So I can see the reason that Mariota was brought in was to, hey, we got to get Kyle Pitts, Drake London, some of these young guys up to speed. Ritter, now you come into an offense, all you're doing is replacing Mariota, not teaching guys on the fly. So I think the setup is going to be amazing for him, not this year, but maybe next year or a year down the line, we could be talking about Desmond Ritter as a high-end QB2 in Superflex leagues. Yeah, and you know the, the, the comps for Desmond Ritter are kind of a Tannehill-Mariota type. And yes. you know the RPOs and things that Arthur Smith is you know known for and so it, it it is a nice fit. I, I thought Ritter would be a nice fit in Atlanta if they didn't go, you know, quarterback in the first round. And pairing him with Drake London, if 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 you get Ritter now, and he ends up not being uh, the starting quarterback next year, you're not paying a whole lot. You're paying a, a right. you know maybe a mid to early second round pick, and it's worth it because if he is a quarterback next year, like look at like a Davis Mills. It's it's worth it in your superflex leagues because those quarterbacks are hard to come by, and, and speaking of hard to come by, it is again another quarterback, and it's Kenny Pickett, uh, the only first round pick, the only pick in the first two rounds of the you know NFL draft this year. Um, with Kenny Pickett, there is Mr. Trubisky in, in in front of him, um, and the Steelers franchise does they they're an older franchise. They got an established head coach. I don't think they're going to rush Kenny Pickett on the field unless they feel like they have to. Um, Trubisky's another one of these. All these guys are kind of tied together today. Um, Trubisky's another one where he had the Matt Nagy stink to him. And he went to Buffalo, played well in a couple preseason games and a couple blowouts. We don't really know what to expect. But we have seen it from Trubisky. He has taken a team to the playoffs. He got he got the Nickelodeon most valuable Nickelodeon player award MVP <laughs> MVP award. So um, you know when it comes down to it, he's got weapons. He's got a great running back, great situation. If he does not do well, they will put Kenny Pickett in. Mike Tomlin's not going to mess around, especially with a first round pick. And uh, you know I saw that draft call. I love those draft room you know videos. I saw the draft call to Kenny Pickett, and you know the way Mike Tomlin talked to him. And everything like that. Of course, it's draft day. It's his big night. But Tomlin's got some expectations for him. I just, I do think Trubisky, especially if, if the Steelers are winning, like Mariota, like you said with Mariota, they could keep things going and you could see Kenny Pickett next year and not have so much expectation for this year. Yeah, the only way I think Pickett comes in is if the Steelers are losing, which it might be a rougher year than Steeler fans are used to. But you're right. This is a team they they invested a first round draft, uh, first round picking them. Went and got George Pickens as well to give more, even more receiver help. I don't think Deontay Johnson stays in free agency this year. But having him, Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, there's a lot of uh, a really solid foundation. And we know this Steeler team is very quarterback friendly when it comes to fantasy. So 
uh, as long as the talent's there, I can see Pickett being the Steelers quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. The, the setup is there for it. It's all dependent, on, of course, on how he plays. He's got the arm you want. He's got the coaching that you want to have, too, especially uh, with that with that type of uh, scenario. So, you know, Pickens, Najee, Claypool, Fryermuth for the next four to five years and potentially a start towards the end of this year. I got to love Kenny Pickett's value right now. The perfect landing spot for him. Yeah, and he's not even being shot up. And, you know, because I thought, you know, supply and demand, maybe people will throw him up there. And, you know, you could see Kenny Pickett as the second, third, fourth, uh, fifth person off the board. He's still hanging out in like 110, 111 range. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are, are one, they're not, they don't know if they're going to get the immediate impact because of, of Trubisky. The later first round pick, it's not like he was a top 10 pick, he was top 20 pick. Right. Um, and some of the, you know, the concerns, the turnovers, the small hands, you know, all that stuff. But um, it, it keeps the cost down. And if, again, quarterbacks are invaluable. And if you play super flex, you understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, in, in, in your super flex leagues, you have 12 teams. Everybody's got three quarterbacks. Yeah. There's only 32 quarterbacks. That's 36. So Kenny Pickett is very valuable. And if you can get someone like that who he's a first-round pick, he's going to get a shot on the field. There's no way they're going to do a Jordan Love situation and just ride it out. Mr. Bisky is not Aaron Rodgers. So um, Pickett, will, Pickett will hit the field at some point, maybe this year. Um, but if not, um, probably next year, Trubisky's got no – his contract was super low. I was really surprised yeah. how much money he got. Like Tyra Taylor got more money. Um, Chase Daniels, the he always gets more money than everybody. But Chase Daniels like, – there's a lot of backup quarterbacks got way more money than Trubisky. Speaking so, of Trubisky, it's, his fall has been kind of crazy to me, man. Just see, he played decent in Chicago, went to the Bills and played decent. It's like – He's probably going to play pretty decent in in Pittsburgh and just not have the opportunity. So it's been kind of crazy watching his decline as well. It's, I mean, Ben was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Ben was, you know, like there he was just like he was a statue's not even the right. I mean, he was literally just like a plant back there. There are some videos where he like tried to do a toss and like fell. He was just like it was awful. And then you had no depth of target. You know, I know Deontay Johnson got us a lot of fantasy points because of volume. Yeah. But, like, Claypool really struggled because he didn't get those, you know. And, like, Pat Fryermuth came out and said, like, my air my air yards suck last year. Like, he said yards per reception. But, like, his yards per reception were 9.6. He was like, that sucks. Yeah. Well, it's not your fault, dude. Like, the guy literally would just say, hike and throw the ball. And so Trubisky, he's got some athleticism to create – He's got a much stronger arm than Ben at this point in their careers. So um, obviously it's a huge upgrade or anything, but I do think he's going to be better suited for this offense and be able to help everybody around him. And again, Kenny Pickett is very similar player um, as far as the skill set to um, to a Trubisky. And I think they can learn from each other. Trubisky's matured. He's been humbled a little bit from some of the things that have happened recently. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're past the hour. I really want to thank you for your time. This has been a lot of fun talking quarterbacks. Uh, let's just do some tags. Where can we find you? Yes, sir. You can find me on uh, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Justin Henry with the three instead of the E. You can also find me on the Fantasy Gods on Twitter, but it's just Fantasy Gods on TikTok. It's probably where you, if you see my face, chances are you've seen it there on TikTok looking at fantasy football information. So Justin Henry with the three instead of an E or Fantasy Gods uh, is where you can find me. 
All right, man. I appreciate it. Make sure you guys go and, and download. Oh, we want to get to a thousand downloads for that That'd draft awesome. guide. Um, so we'll be putting that link in the description of the video. You can check this out. If you're watching the video, that there is a it's gonna be an audio version of this. If you listen to the audio and you want to see us, we can get we're gonna put this on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe to SGPN Fantasy Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you, and as always, good luck this season.